Hold your Bible up, and let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the standard I live my life by. I am a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed throughout reach to others. Therefore, I can say, and, uh, all right. Hey, it's good to see you here. We know many are on vacation and still waiting for, you know, the right time for them to re-enter. What we're thrilled is now this is live streaming, so we welcome not only those that are here, but those that would be watching as we live, live stream today. And it is a very new and different time for all of us. Would you agree? All right. I'm going to return to a subject that we've kind of been on for a little bit of time. And um, we began this on Pentecost Sunday in May. And I continued for a little bit. And then uh, two weeks ago, I, I thought I want to develop this a little bit more because folks... You need the Holy Ghost more than ever before. And, and, and it's not just certain things. You, you need to understand how to lean in and listen and follow the direction of the representation of the Godhead that you need living inside of you desperately in this hour. If you're trying to approach all this right now through your mind and your emotions, you're going to be in trouble. I said you will be in trouble. So you've got to understand who God is within you. Now, two weeks back, uh, I really just wanted you to open your heart to the Lord and understand what it means to fall in love with Him. And it's a choice. So I kind of made that almost like a, one of my life teachings that I love talking about. We won't reiterate any of that. You can go to the app and watch that message if you missed it, okay? And right now you can look at the notes in the bulletin or you can look at the notes on your app. So we're, we're, we're moving forward in this new hour. But this is the scripture that we began with a few weeks ago, and I'm going to return to it. And it says this, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death. It, it, it's a choice. I said, it's a choice. Are you with me? So what are we supposed to do? Choose life. And right now, you have a choice every day how that's going to play out and how you're going to choose life. So what I did two weeks ago, I described uh, death as the doldrums. How many of you were here for that? And you remember what the doldrums is about? If you don't know, it's the intertropical convergence zone. Now, now you understand what it is. And it's that line around the equator where the northeast and the southeast trade winds meet. And when they meet, there is no wind, none. And it was the feared area of the sailors of old before any motorized passages on the water were taking place. Because if you got stuck in the doldrums, you died there because there's no wind. And if you remember all the descriptions of the Holy Spirit in the original language in the Greek and Hebrew, really it's describing God, the third person of the Trinity, as wind, breath. You remember all that? And, and how we need to understand God wants to move in our life in this capacity. We need the wind of God. I said we need the wind of God. Look, the wind of the Sahara Desert reached here yesterday. How many noticed that? The haze. Look, hey, how about the wind of God covering the earth? Let's agree for that. So let's, let's choose life. Let, let's do it. Let's just choose it because if we do that, we're going to be able to go forward. So 
Pentecost in this hour. Let's begin. What I want to talk about today, since we're going to choose life, I want to talk about attitudes. Help us, Lord. Thank you. May I say, and listen, I say this in kindness, but as a whole, nationally, we're at a place where people are all over, doesn't matter who, what, where, what religion is, there's a lot of bad attitudes. And I don't think that needs to be what spirit-filled, spirit-led people need to be displaying. Would you agree with me? Okay. We're displaying something different. May I? a lot of messed up hearts and a lot of messed up attitudes. The verse I'm going to show you now is really relevant, uh, relevant where we are as a world and where we are uh, just nations, not just one nation, but nations. And basically, here we go, my opinion, we are in the end times. And if you're 50, you're in the end times or older. It's just, it, it, it just is. But every sign that's to be fulfilled before the return of the Lord is being fulfilled. Did you hear that? Every sign. Jesus would speak often about it. And very often when people consider the end times, they, they think of wars and rumors of wars. And that's true. And famine. And that's true. And it's awful. Earthquakes. And they're happening all the time. How about this one? Pestilence. Plagues. How about that? That's what we're in right now, not just as a nation, but as a world. And... and my goodness, that's so true. But listen, I want you to really listen. It also includes attitudes. Now, you can't control in yourself a pestilence, an earthquake, where a war is going to be or where a famine is going to be, but you sure can choose your attitude. And if we're a believer, we better be choosing the right attitude. We have a choice. So we're going to talk about end-time attitudes. We're going to look at things that are negative, but then we're going to see what we can do about it. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. Now, I know the scripture is a little bit small, but look in your notes, and we're going to get it. This is very, very important. It's there in your bulletin as well. But mark this from 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 3. Mark this. You can be sure of this. That's what it's saying. You can be absolutely sure of this. There will be terrible times, and that word terrible, it's the same word to describe the demoniac that Jesus cast the devil out. In other words, demonic times. Would you agree we have demonic times going on? In the last days, note the description is not just now about earthquakes and outward things, but rather attitudes. Attitude. It's so easy to pot pick somebody else's bad attitude 
Can you let the Holy Ghost you're filled with arrest you? That was the word Brother Joe was talking about. God comes and prunes us. He comes and prunes us so we can bear good fruit. So here we go. People will be lovers of themselves. Would you agree that's where we are? People are more concerned about themselves than anything else. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, disobedient to their parents. Now we're going to look at some uns. Everybody say un. And these are the ones we're going to highlight today. Here we go. Ungrateful. That's an end-time attitude. Unholy. Without love. Let's just call it unloving, okay, to keep it in context here. And then unforgiving. Wow. So in the end times, and even as a person then would age, as we each age, we have to be very, very careful that we don't allow our attitude to start slipping over into an end-time attitude that's destructive for ourselves and then anyone we touch. It's a choice. I said it's a choice. Yeah, but I got this. No, it's not about circumstances. It's about your choice in the midst of circumstances. So let's expose these. Let's recognize it and have a Pentecostal moment in our life, a Holy Ghost moment, and we're going to get rid of any of the uns today. Are you with me? Ungrateful. How many don't want that in your life? I don't want it. Wow. We can get so focused on what we want, greed. We forget what we have, folks. We forget what we have. And I think one positive thing through this pandemic is people have suddenly been very grateful for what they have and appreciating their family or appreciating outside or sitting on a porch or simple things. You're, you're appreciating the things you work so hard to be able to do and then you can't do them because you're too tired. Suddenly you're grateful again. You know, I had majored in architecture, so anywhere I go, I'm always looking at architecture. It's just, it's just fun. It's a, it's a hobby. And I love going in older homes. I grew up in an old home. I grew up in a home that was built in 1820, and it's on the National Register and so forth in Louisiana. Back then, homes did not have closets in Louisiana because you were taxed according to rooms. And if you had a closet, it was considered a room. And you were taxed on that. So everybody had those big armoires, and that's what they would put clothes in. But if you go in an older home built here in America, 1900, 20, 30, Andrew and Adrian have a, an older home that they bought and they've been remodeling in Louisville, built in the early 30s. And homes, it didn't matter if you had a four or five bedroom home, you had one bathroom. Once they started putting them inside. You have one bathroom, okay? We grew up, we, I remember all that, okay, one bathroom. You had a closet. You can't even get your shoes in one of those closets. Right? And you can't wait to get out here, go shopping, and buy some more shoes. Help us, Lord. You remember how grateful you were? Now, I'm dating myself when you got a, a bag phone. Now, that's more like a satellite phone, but still, a bag phone. How many had a bag phone? I'm admitting it. 
It was so cool to have that thing with the strap, and you got in your car, and you had to put the window down some and get the antenna on top for it to work. Wow. And now we get upset. Listen, we get upset when suddenly we have to reset the thing. It is more complicated, but still. It's <laughs> Think about America. Listen, the better off we are, the more miserable we are. We're not grateful. Think about when I was young. Now, you know, I'm dating myself way back years ago in Louisiana. No one had air conditioning when I was a child. It didn't exist. Okay? It did not exist. And so... You'd sit on the porches. You would, you would slow down. You would do things as a family. You'd play some games. Uh, it just was it just a grateful time. When Jeanette and I got married and we lived in my little town, if we go walking late in the evening, I'd have to instruct her about the Louisiana culture because she was from California. And, uh, yeah, I said, now, honey, look, when people are sitting on their porches, and they start talking, you stop. And if it's an older person, you stop and you honor them. If they invite you in, you go in. If they say, do you want something to eat? Even if you don't want anything to eat, you say, I sure would. And, and then it, they'll, they'll keep feeding. You just stop. I met one sweet couple, the Chenevers. That's a French name. They had 16 children. She gave birth to 16 children. They were way up in age, late 70s, and she still walked like she was pregnant, you know, after 16 children. And they got saved way later in life. Isn't that awesome? And if they were outside, when we'd walk by, she, she'd look at her husband. She'd go, oh, sugar, go put your teeth in. We got company. <laughs> and we'd have to go in, and it was so much fun, just sweet, grateful. My favorite gift ever from my parents for my birthday was a pile of dirt. They had the dump truck come put a pile of dirt in the back. Of course, we grew up in the country, big, big yard. I had a pile of dirt. And for hours and for years, I'd make roads in my Tonka trucks. Remember when they were made out of steel and all that? And my army men and you firecrackers and you blow up the, this and you do that. And... And finally, the dirt, big dirt pile, because I played in it so much, just kind of vanished away. It was so much simplicity and gratefulness. Wow. Somehow in the less, there was more, and possibly in the more, now there's less. I believe a positive attitude that's being rekindled right now, and don't you let go of it, is gratefulness for your friendships, for your family, for simple things. Jeanette and I have been sitting on the porch more, going for rides more, going for what we did something we've talked about for years. We did it last Sunday. You know, it rained some, and then it cleared before it rained again. I said, come on, honey, let's jump in the car. We went downtown, parked the car. We walked for miles just all around town, just walked, looking at, you know, Plants and shrubs, and she's telling about this plant and this flower. We just had the best time waving at people, talking. When's the last time you've done something like that? Grateful for simple things. Too, too many options gives you anxiety, choice anxiety. 
Years back, 10, 12, 15 years ago, Jeanette and I went to a conference with some of our overseers in a larger city. And for a one-mile stretch, the options, entertainment, things to do with your kids, places to eat. I mean, we went for a mile, and my, my head was spinning. I said, I'm so glad I'm not raising children in this environment. We've got a creek in the backyard, and they go fish. I'm so glad this isn't around their life. But ungrateful, an in-time attitude. Another in, un, excuse me, in-time attitude is unholy, meaning we make choices that are actually polluting our hearts. What that does to a person who purposely chooses unholy, then the shame that you carry, the guilt that you sh- carry because you know it should not be. Now, Unrepented sin is heavy. Just let the Lord deal with you. Repent. Turn. Just encourage someone. And here's the thing where we are as a nation and even things in our world. You can do all you want, and you can rally for sin and and change laws to accept it, but it's still wrong. Okay? You cannot empower unholiness. Because you know down deep it displeases God. Only Jesus can heal. It's not fighting. It's not arguing. It's Jesus. It's a move of God. It's the Holy Ghost in you bigger than the situation. What I've loved about this Chosen series that we're watching, the different ones that suddenly get captivated by Jesus and they look at him and they look in his eyes and they see a sincerity, they're they're suddenly changed and delivered. Now, what happens when people look in your eyes or my eyes? Do I want to fight, or do I want the convicting, loving power of God to bring change? We need the breath of God, folks. We need Pentecost in this hour. We need an attitude check. Number three, just walking us through, unloving. Second Timothy talks about it. Before you can know what unloving is, you have to know what love is. Real love is not feelings. It's agape. That's the Greek word. You know it. It means unconditional. It's unselfish. It's I'm, I'm always looking after you first. Always. Who is in your circle that you've made that type of commitment? It's completely thinking about you. It's intentionally choosing to do something uh, caring or helpful for someone regardless of the cost or the consequences it costs yourself. So you're always thinking about the others first. And the Bible says in the last days, one of the signs would be unloving. In other words, I'm not interested in you. I don't care for you. I don't care for people. And listen, it's sad, but there's spirit-filled people all over. They live like that, and I'm concerned for them. I'm concerned for them. Doesn't matter what state, what nation, because of life, because of disappointments, they've decided I'm not going to love people anymore. We're living in an unloving age, completely disregard for people. Our disregard for life, the unborn. Come on. Help us, Lord. The unborn matter. They, they need to matter in our lives. 
Oh, my. The Bible is saying that the real result of that is not the person on the receiving it. It's, it's just the one that's unloving. It's how it pollutes our hearts. In fact, if anything is causing me to step in an unloving attitude, I don't know what it is, but the Holy Ghost just knocks me upside the head quickly, and I, and I welcome that. I just welcome that conviction. And what I have to do is just remove myself, maybe from the television, hello, from the radio, from this, that, and go back to a loving attitude, choosing that on purpose. If I step into an unloving, I ha- listen, I have no breath of the Holy Ghost. All I have is opinion, and you don't want my opinion because it stinks, just like all of our opinions stink. Would you agree? Help us, Lord. He just flies away. Just this, I don't care. I don't care about you. So the unloving build this wall of defense so no one can mess them up. That's sad. And God wants to heal your heart. For a moment, don't think just about how it affects others. Think what it does to yourself and then to your family and your sphere of influence. It's a condition of the heart that will just suck the life of God right out of you. It's an end-time attitude, and that's where we are. How about unforgiving? I think this is probably the cream of the crop, what it eventually leads to. This one's so huge. We have all been let down. My goodness, who hasn't at some point? We've all maybe been hurt, maybe hurt deeply. Some very hard things that's going to take more than just one prayer. I understand that. So you carry that, and it just, if you don't allow the Holy Ghost to continue to work in that, it just, it's just like this vacuum cleaner just pulling life right out of you. It just pulls it out of you. It's a tragedy to be in that place, especially for a spirit-filled believer. It's a tragedy. Here we are laying claim to the grace of God. We sang about it today, who Jesus, without any explanation, just came and wiped away all of our sin, freely forgives us by our acknowledgement that we need him and we're a sinner. He cancels the written code against us. It's written against us, sinner, doomed to hell, forgives us. But then we're unwilling to extend it. The problem is not people, it's the devil. It's the devil. And he's trying to bring us to a place that pollutes the heart. All of these are end-time attitudes, the opposite of how God wants the condition of the heart to be. So Pentecost in this hour, let's go forward. Well, we talked about two weeks ago, the choice is stay in love with Jesus, not good works, this, but Jesus. Then probably the next most important in the decisions you make is the condition of your heart, our attitudes. And here's the big reveal. Are you ready? It's more up to you than you realize. It's more up to you. It's not up to your circumstances, but up to the condition of your heart. I meant the theme verse we started with, Deuteronomy, life or death, life or death. Life, well, I've got this thing going on. Before you know it, you're just going to put life or death. Choose life. Well, I, still have, I know I've got it too, but choose life. But you don't, I know, but you don't understand mine. Choose life. You choose life. I believe the Holy Ghost, the breath of God, wants to move any of us out of the doldrums today. Just push you back into life and keep you there. 
Jesus says, you, you're so familiar with these verses, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Devil's here to take away something, suck the life right out of you. I've come that you might have life, and how does he want you to have it? Full, abundantly, breath, wind, my spirit. Okay, how? How do we do it? We've exposed some of the end-time issues and problems that you can walk out of this building today and find people out in society, in the city, with all four of those conditions without looking hard. Let's have some God moments. Let's have some good, good medicine. Are you ready for some good medicine? All right, Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart. What does it do? It's a good medicine. And we know we, we, these are simple. The joy of the Lord is what? The condition of your heart, whatever it is, that's going to be the type of strength that you have. I gave you four uns. Well, let's look at four solutions today. There's more, but I just put four. What I hope you realize, again, this is more up to you than you realize. You can do something about it, and I want to start with the very first one. You're going to have to make a choice. And there's a little gap there. Every day. I said every day. Every day, especially with the one with unforgiveness. Every day. And I think those last two words are probably the most important. It's easy to make the choice from time to time, but life keeps happening to you. And things maybe you've had settled suddenly resurface from a different angle or a different direction, and you have to make the choice again. Make the choice. How are we going to face things? Listen, your attitude will not take care of itself. Just like your car, you've got to do maintenance on your vehicle. Your attitude needs maintenance. Again, life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond to it. My response determines what I will be like, how I will live, what I will choose, what I will do. My response determines all of that. That's why you make a choice. Left to our earthly flesh, we don't want to make the right choice. We want a double dip of self-pity. Come on, or whatever it is. I've got a right to have this attitude. Well, you can't believe it. Well, you do. That's, that's death. Or you choose life. You choose life. Hebrews 12.1, let us throw off everything that what? Hinders. Every day, every moment, anything that would come, pollute us in our heart, whatever it is. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us so that we don't step over into some of those uns. In Jesus' name. Constantly just making choices. Now, I think the best time to make that choice every day is when you first get up. Now, some of you, though, are not morning people. Some of you are afternoon people or night people. How many night people do we have in the house? Let me see here. Okay, good number of you. That's great. Well, make that choice at night so that it'll affect you the next day, okay? I just make it every I like the morning. Uh, I heard this story, and it bears reading right here. A senior citizen was being admitted to a nursing home. Family, of course, was concerned. Someone asked the question to her, do you like everything? Are you pleased with your room? Do you like how it's set up? They, were, they just want to be sensitive and make sure 
she felt secure. And this was the response of this precious lady. She said, happiness is something you decide ahead of time. Whether I like my room or not does not depend on how the room is arranged. It's how I have arranged my heart and my thoughts. Isn't that wisdom? Help me, Lord. Here's a prayer for all of you. Are you ready? I got a prayer for you. Dear Lord, so far today, I'm doing all right. I've not gossiped. I've not lost my temper. Not been greedy. Not been grumpy or nasty. Not been self-absorbed or self-indulgent. I've not whined about anything. I've not cursed. I've not eaten any chocolate. <clears throat> However, I'm going to be getting out of bed in a few moments. And I'm going to need a lot of help. Help us, Lord. Actually, here is a great prayer from the Word of God. Today, Lord, may the words of my mouth, which always express, exposes the condition of the heart, the words of my mouth. See, when, when you meet someone, if their mouth starts instantly criticizing, judging, complaining, all they're doing is revealing their heart. Think about your own words. What, what do they reveal? The issue of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what I do, let it be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, because you're my rock and my redeemer, my rock, the part of my life that never moves. Number two, de develop just a high appreciation for life. We can do that. I think we've been doing that more over the last few months. Simple things of life. I've, I've been amazed hearing different things that, man, I've enjoyed this. And I know a lot of things have been harder, difficult. I fully understand that, and we talk about those things as well. But I've been amazed the things that suddenly have come alive in all of our lives. How many have had something come alive fresh and new and you appreciate it for? Okay, great. Uh, several things for us. It's a determination that even in bad days, God's going to work it out for good. The biblical character that exemplifies this the most to me is Paul. I met the dude, I met he was always rejected, always beaten, always in trouble. Just read about his life. Every, I mean, it just, it always happened to him. Somehow he kept a great attitude. So that's a good one to study about that. And I love how I put it. And I gave you this scripture recently, but let's go over it again. Sorrowful. Okay, I had a lot of things to make me sorrowful, but yet I'm always rejoicing. Poor, I'm broke as a skunk, right? Just I'm broke. Yet I'm helping to make many rich. I have nothing, but yet I got everything. Got it all. What a great attitude. I've told you about him before, but my grandfather... He was born in 1910, and he died in 2009, excuse me. He was 98 years old. He lived through Hurricane Rita in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, with tornado came through his yard, took down every huge pine tree, laid it through his house. He lived in a FEMA trailer for six months while his house was rebuilt. He just had a blast doing it all. Uh, he worked, he, he was a manager for a clothing store, and would go by for these stores all over, loved to work, loved to mow his yard. He had a huge, beautiful yard, 
huge, huge pine trees, and they had this winding drive that went between the trees. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a mountain. You know, they had to go over. A, now that I live more in the mountains, it was really nothing. It was just kind of like an anthill. But the driveway kind of went over this little hump. And, um, oh, he loved to keep his yard nice. And, of course, as years went by, it was harder for him to get it done. Loved his garden. If we, Jeanette and I would go, it would be one of our favorite places to go to visit them when we needed a break when we were in Louisiana and staff at Bethany. And we'd go, and they'd say, oh, we'll take care of Andrew. And he was just a little baby. And we'd go walk, and he'd show us his garden. And last year, I got this much out of it and this much out of it and so forth. Attitude. I think that's why he lived to be almost 99 years old. Attitude. A discipline for this is just be grateful. Be grateful. I've walked with so many people through the years, triumphant moments and then difficult moments. And I've heard over and over again when somebody's walking through something difficult, they, they would say, you know, I never thought I could be so grateful. And then they would say something that they're now grateful for that had just not come to light yet. Let's choose it now. Give thanks in the circumstances that you really like. Give thanks when your stimulus check comes in. Some of you haven't gotten yours. That's what that means. Give thanks in what? All circumstances. For this is God's will. When I hear someone say, well, I don't like that, I'm thinking, oh, you're breaking God's will. That's what goes on in my mind. All circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances, but in it. Because if you are, you're making way for the Holy Ghost to turn it around for good. Let's cooperate with the Word of God. Let, let God do something great, an appreciation for life. Number three, find the purpose of God in everything. Find the God moment in everything. Because if you can, the Holy Ghost will breathe. Now, I went over this with staff meeting on uh, Tuesday, just in daily reading. If you read the one-year Bible, you would have read this scripture and it just really came alive in a new way. I, I actually read it yesterday at the encounter. But if you're familiar, later on after the church was a um, couple of decades old, and thank God people are getting saved all over the world, not only the Jews getting saved, but now the Gentiles are getting saved, and they were allowed to get saved. That's you and me. Let's thank God for that. Yeah. But there was confusion, and I can understand it. Here are Jewish people following the law and trying to do all these things just right, and now they're learning about Jesus, and he's fulfilled it. And these Gentiles, they haven't kept one stinking part of the law, and now they get to get what we get and, you know, all this. So shouldn't they have to be circumcised? Shouldn't they have to be this? So the church leaders, they got together. We've got to figure this out. And what they did is not approach it with their mind. See, all our world stuff right now, let's not just go with our mind. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now, do you have the Holy Spirit in you to the degree that you can hear his voice in your choices? It seems good to the Holy Spirit. 
where you can say that in confidence, not from a feeling, not an opinion, but because normally when the Holy Ghost speaks, it really kind of cuts. Remember Joe talked about that a while ago. He prunes us. When's the last time you've been pruned? If not, you're resisting the Holy Ghost. Just a thought. It's in the Word of God. Just let him prune you. It's okay. Sometimes purpose is not obvious, and you have to look for it. So it's easy to have a good attitude when all is well. There's the direction. There's the course of action. But when you're groping around in the dark, it sometimes may be hard to find purpose. And we've all been there. Find the purpose of God in everything. And just thinking of Paul again, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, this, this is what helps you find it. What is right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or worthy or praiseworthy, well, begin thinking about those things. Start in that direction. And suddenly the Holy Ghost can show you purpose. You'll find purpose if you think about these things. Find purpose with people. You know why? Because God loves people. You know what? He loves the people that you don't love. He loves the people that irritate you. And you probably irritate the ones that... You make a choice. Listen, people can either irritate you or entertain you. So have fun. Let's just laugh a bunch. And I don't mean you laugh at a person, but just learn to laugh. Don't take yourself so serious. No one else does, so laugh. <laughs> laugh. Every person is either a problem to be avoided or a person to be loved. It's a choice. I'm just trying to say you can be a spirit-led, spirit-filled person. Oh, people love to be able to give a good report. I was going down the road, and the Holy Spirit showed me what to go do, and you go on an assignment, and that's awesome. But if you get in a car and then have road rage and you're cursing at the car in front of you, you've just canceled it all out. Hello? We need to be led by the Spirit, the breath of God, or, be one, or you're choosing to be an unperson. One more. Turn everything over to God. One who breathes in the Holy Spirit turns everything over to God. And this is where we have to learn how to cast our care, our anxiety, you know, the child, the, the relative, the things that really, man, you know, you'd love to go fix it. Come on, let's be honest. You, but we can't fix human nature. And one of the best things you can do about something that's going to make you an unperson towards someone you're to love is turn it over to God. You're going to have some bad days, and don't, be, don't choose to be an unperson. We're still going to mess up from time to time. You'll have some good reasons maybe to have a bad attitude even. The mistake is not having the problem. It's what you do with it when it comes knocking at your door. You have to push away from the bad attitude table. Just push away, and you've got to quickly give it to God. You have to quickly notice those things that are robbing from you. On Jesus' worst day, I said his worst day is crucifixion. He said, into your hands, Lord, I commit my spirit. On his worst. Take any adversary pulling at your soul for a fleshly um, 
recognition and, and platform in your life and say, no, 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 I'm going to run to God. I'm going to go to him. When we take matters into our own hands, listen, when I do that, I mess up. Anybody else mess up when you do that? Okay, look at Philippians. Here we go. Do not be anxious. Don't be an unperson, okay? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, everything, by prayer and petition, with, with thanksgiving, Lord, I thank you for this stinking problem. I thank you for it. If you have to do it by faith, do. Thank you, Lord, for this. Ah, I thank you for it, Lord. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here's the promise. And the peace of God. Ooh. The peace of God, which transcends all reasoning, all opinion, will guard your hearts and your minds. How? In Christ Jesus. Help me, Lord. That was a good verse, folks. Cast all your anxiety, all your uns, on him because he cares for you. So in this hour, we're in the need for healing of attitudes. We need some good medicine. Oh, we need some good medicine. We need it in our life, our homes, our workplaces, the body of Christ, our world, our nation. Wherever we go, we need some good medicine. And um, this verse, or this little portion here, is very powerful because it describes our Lord and what he did. Are you ready? Here's a good medicine attitude. Your attitude. Just think where it is right now. Your attitude. How is it? Examine it right now. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. All I can say is, Lord, forgive me, because it's not always there. Wow, it should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who being very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, he didn't pull out the God card He did everything he did as a man. He didn't say, well, man, this is tough. I'm going to pull out the, the God card to be able to accomplish the right attitude. No. He did it. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, that's the key, became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Now, look what happened when he did this. Therefore, God exalted him. So when we choose that type of attitude, God will exalt our situation. And when I say exalt us, I don't mean high and mighty or whatever. Just he'll deliver us. He'll see us through that. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But it happened because of his attitude. 
Oh, he, son of God, yeah. But it happened because of his attitude. Even watching this little series, and, and I know some things don't affect people, but this little series has affected me because when I see how they cast the characters, I see the attitude of Christ so powerful. Can we see our own attitude? So what is God, good medicine for us today? If we're going to do this right, we got to choose a Christ-like attitude. Let's take that to the bank. I'll tell you what. That'll make an impact and a difference. The miracle of salvation is you are transformed into Christ-likeness. And it's an ongoing process. And he ain't finished with me, so be patient with me. And he ain't finished with you. I'm patient with you. We're patient with each other. We walk that we forgive one another. We love one another. We're grateful for one another. We forgive. We, we, we're not an unperson. We're going to be a person of the right attitude. And if we'll do that in this end times where we are, whether the Lord comes back in our lifetime or not, you're going to finish strong. You will finish strong. Let's stand. As the musicians come on back up. Let's just bow. And just go ahead and I'll begin asking this. You're here and, and I'm, I'm talking about these end time attitudes and, and you realize, wait, I need a little bit more work in my life than maybe I was considering. And uh, you're wanting your time with the Lord to be so special where he just arrests things. He's pruning you as the word of the Lord came forth even today. He's doing a work in you. And you're just saying, Holy Ghost, have your way. Doesn't mean you're an awful person or you're way off course. It's just I need the Holy Ghost to have full access to every part of my life. I need to open up this door. I need to open up this, this side of my heart. I need to open up this over here. I need to be aware of this and, and let him just check me constantly. And if you're wanting to give the Holy Spirit permission for that, I'm not going to make you come forward or anything. Just raise your hand, and I'll know you're here. You want Holy Ghost to have full. I'm putting my hand up. <laughs> Man, just need the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. See, some of you, it's really, really speaking to your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray for my family. I love them so much. They're so dear to me and to so many, Father, and the friendships that are nurtured, and, and they're just fed week by week in these relationships. We just say, Holy Ghost, fill us. We need a Christ-like attitude. We don't want to fall prey to end-time attitudes that are destructive. You're wanting to use the body to bring change. Change people one by one, situation by situation, by following through with a Christ-like attitude. So, Lord, do that work in all of us. Do it in me. May we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May our time of worship and prayer and reading of the Word, anything where you bring conviction, Father, just quick repentance and allowing the, the breath of God to blow in and through so it removes the doldrums out of our life. It removes that stale spot that would just keep us stuck with no movement. 
Lord, we want to be spirit-filled and led every moment of the day. We want God appointments. We want purposes throughout the day. Even if we're dealing with hard things at work or situations, we want to find the purpose of God in all that we do. And Father, I thank you that people are going to be able to see us and see our life and examine us and say, that person displays something different. That person is very genuine. That person has been transformed. And we'll be able to say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And be able to give Jesus all the praise and someone hungry for truth, not because we're fussing at them, but because they're reading our life and they see the attitude of Christ in us. So, Father, we pray for that and we agree for that in Jesus' name. Still with your head bowed, there might be someone here today and you don't know the Lord in a saving way. That's where this all begins. That's where the transformation begins. And no one really looking around again. If that's you, just raise your hand. If, if you're watching online, just email us and let us know if that's you. So if that's you, raise your hand. You know you need a Savior today. You need Jesus. Raise your hand wherever you are. Anybody? Okay. All right, man, talk to us afterwards. If you need the infilling of the Holy Spirit, whatever, it would be our joy and our privilege to minister to you. Okay, let's lift our hands. I'm going to pray a blessing over you as my family, and then we'll be able to allow people to be dismissed that need to kind of practice more of the social distancing, and then all of us that want to visit can linger as long as we want. So, Father, I'm grateful for my family. Father, I thank you, Lord, they're able to hear this message and examine their life, and they're looking at their attitude. And I thank you, Father, that they're going to make right choices. They're going to take the good medicine of a Christ-like attitude, and we're going to apply it to every spot of irritation in our life, every spot where you bring conviction. Holy Spirit, we say bring conviction to our life. Show us when we need to allow the Holy Ghost to be closer. Show us when we've grieved your spirit so that we can quickly repent and just allow the Holy Ghost to take full control again and make Jesus so big in our life. So I thank you, Lord, as we are in this end time situation, even what's going on around the world right now in this pandemic and all the issues of life in our nation, we say, Christ, be glorified in and through us. May we reflect the heart of Christ in all that we do. And we thank you, Father, you're going to use this to touch other people in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Let's do it.